Sometimes it's good to just yell about football. What are you doing? Don't do this to me, Harry! The Ohio State! It's Ohio State! What do you mean, the? It's a poison! I almost stroked out and died over it. I'm glad to be at the party. I'm mad we're this late. You ain't a captain of nothing but a sinking ship! That helps the defense without them even doing a damn thing! 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 Doing a damn thing! In a calling line. 312-988-15. You tell Johnny all you've heard and seen. Oh, 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 Irish. What is going on? What what is going on? We're in the middle of no man's land where there's like nothing going on. And this week, it's just been Notre Dame, Notre Dame, Notre Dame. Just hot take after hot take. New opinion after new opinion. It's, I, I just, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing what has gone on just the last few days with Notre Dame and the talk of and about Notre Dame and my little Twitter spat, which is fun. Like, I just, it's wild to me. And you know, but before we get into this, <clears throat> I really am starting to think there's something to the schedule here with sports overall. I really do. I'm really thinking that's underneath some of this because nothing else makes any sense. But you have this lull in the calendar where there's no football yet. We're not to baseball. We don't have the Masters. It's not March Madness yet. I'm telling you, it feels like a lot of these people are sitting there with nothing else to talk about. And the the producers, they dig in the well and they go back to Notre Dame. So I I don't know what's going on, but we're going to shoot all over. There's a lot of different things. The recruiting debate with Notre Dame is still a hot topic on the list. And and how you want to think about that process, that is Freeman doing a good job, Freeman doing a bad job, whatever. Preseason baseball's back. Yeah, and you know what else? That's the other thing. Normally, you know, you have a baseball team or whatever, and you're excited your team's in spring training. I get depressed. It doesn't bring me any joy at all. I get on Twitter and I start seeing the White Sox in spring training. I I feel no joy. I feel no excitement. I feel no hope. It's all depression already. That's all it is. They're going to fail. They're going to... It's... I don't even get any joy of thinking about them preparing to play a season. It's it's all depression. So I don't know what's going on here. It is just the national takes here are outrageous. So you guys have a lot of chats that were good. I have a couple of calls. We can shoot all over the board. Um, yeah, Jack is out of the booth. I think whoever was paying attention enough to know that that needed to happen. 
whether it's Bavakwa, whether it's the NBC people, whoever it is that noticed that a change needed to be made, good job for them. I still feel that Notre Dame's being treated like a third-class citizen by the, the powers that be in TV now. Ever ever since they got a ever since they got uh the Big Ten, Notre Dame's dropping down the priority ladder of NBC, anyways. At least somebody was paying attention enough to move that booth and change that booth. And we're gonna do an episode specifically about some aspects of that over the weekend. Stay tuned for that. I'm gonna break that down. There's some nuance to that too that I want to go over. So let's get into this. We got to shoot all over. I want to give the callers a chance. And and we're going to get into this. Always Irish Senior, happy birthday, buddy. It's my dad's birthday. He's in Florida. Got out of Illinois. Good for you, man. Happy birthday. Hope you're drinking a beer on the deck already in Florida. Uh, All right. So thank you for being here. Obviously, you can find the program on YouTube. Do it. Subscribe if you haven't yet. Appreciate it very much. Give the video a thumbs up. Get... Senior family on the Jumbotron last night. Brandon, look at that. You guys are all over at Notre Dame. I love that. Uh, yeah, Twitter, search bar, always Irish. You're at always Irish. Inc. Email, I can't do my funny noises, man. I'm still all messed up with this weather. I can't figure it out. It's two hours, two weeks. Hot, cold, hot, cold. And every time we go hot to cold, John wakes up with a different ailment in his nose. It, it's I'm ready to be done with this. Let's get into spring, but I can't do all my funny noises when I'm all messed up like this. It's very disappointing. Emails always Irish at gmail.com. Audio only anywhere you want it. You can get it if you don't want to see Johnny's face. I completely understand the call in lines. 312-988-15. You dialed up. Tell Johnny all you heard and seen. Instagram, Facebook, always Irish Inc. USA Today, Fighting Irish Wire. Read all about it. Read all about Adam says, don't complain about this great weather. John, the issue is, Adam, when it when it turns from cold and then it's like that first day it's warm, the weather's nice, but it doesn't make me feel nice. It takes a while for that to catch up. How about patreon.com, a slash always Irish, former captain Mike Goolsby and myself. Uh, look at this. We got callers today. So I got to get through the chat. I'll bring up a couple bullet points, get the callers moving so they can go on with their day. And we'll shoot all over here. Because um, there's surprisingly a lot to touch on. <laughs> there is surprisingly a lot to touch on for this time of the year. I just can't. Here's the number. Here's the first thing. Does anybody else find irony in this? If you're going to go on social media and go out of your way to post on social media how irrelevant something is, and a lot of people are tweeting how irrelevant something is, does that not prove its relevance? Are you following me? Does that make sense? If if you're... Irrelevant means out of sight, out of mind, doesn't matter at all, does not register. But if all you're doing is saying something is irrelevant, something is irrelevant, you're kind of proving it's relevant every time you mention that. Gosh, I'm so... It's such a lame take. And the main reason it's lame is Who is relevant then? Like, I want to know these people's 
like bar for relevancy. That's the other thing. Like you ever ask somebody to define what that means? Like on Twitter, where oh, Notre Dame's irrelevant. Okay, give me the definitions of relevant. And if it becomes, if that definition is teams that have won a title lately or whatever, there's like four or five relevant teams then. There's like four or five relevant teams in the last like 10 years. Like, like I, I have trouble getting people to commit to what relevancy means. And the other thing is how that comes and goes so quickly. Georgia is out of sight, out of mind for decades, and now they're elite. So now they're re- like, it, it. what time frame you pick? If the bar is just winning a championship, there's like four or five elite, four or five relevant teams that. Notre Dame's had like a top 10 record regular season-wise in the last like bunch of years. Is that not relevant at all? Making the playoff with undefeated seasons, is it relevant at all? Even if you hate Notre Dame, follow me here. Even Andrew, I see you. I'll get you up so you can go to work. I just, I, I struggle with this so much. Even if you're like, Notre Dame's irrelevant. They made the playoff and lost twice. Follow me here. How is a team that went undefeated and made the playoff not relevant? Even if you think they didn't deserve that spot and somebody else did, the fact that they had that spot over somebody else and went undefeated to get there screams relevance. Relevancy. Like, I, and then if you want to go, if you want to go another way, the argument goes against these people even more. Because they would be, this argument against Notre Dame, you would be smart to stick to, they haven't won anything that matters in John's whole cognizant existence. You don't want to go down the path of TV numbers. You don't want to go down the path of tickets sold, not just for home games, but whenever that Notre Dame circus comes to town, every other stadium sold out. I go back to this over and over again. Do you know what one game Georgia constructed and had extra seating moved into their place for the one game that was for no 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 it wasn't for a big sec matchup it's when notre dame came to town irrelevant though irrelevant though uh i think those those louisville fans last year really thought notre dame was irrelevant like i you can't it's a bad argument if you want to say Notre Dame has not been elite in 25, 30 years. Totally fair. I agree with you. That's not even a criticism. That's a fact. If you wanted to argue Notre Dame has not been elite in 30 years, you know, they have a good brand history and a lot of, a lot of that history, but lately they haven't been elite. I could get down with that. That is a criticism that's totally fair. One that I agree with. I agree with that one. But when you say Notre Dame's irrelevant to college football, you're ignoring a lot of history. And there's a lot of recency bias. It's a lazy argument. And I just don't understand. I don't understand. All right. I got to get some of these super chats, chats. Then I'm going to go to the callers and get you guys up so you could have your time. Um, Let me hit a couple of bullet points just to get this going and and get out what I want to get out. D-Rock, I think John shut down that bar stool. <laughs> Listen, 
Brandon's not a bad guy. Brandon's not a bad guy. I get his thing. It's, oh, I'm the Southern guy that's kind of goofy talking football. Like, I get it. He's relatively harmless. But I'm getting sick of the anti-Notre Dame slants I see everywhere on social media. And when you're so hypocritical with your takes, I'm not going to let that one go. I'm not going to let that one go. And I'll be honest, I don't watch a lot of their content. I just don't. Um, I, I don't have anything really against them personally, but it does bother me when you have such a big platform and you're all over the board. I can't respect that when you're, when you're literally totally a, for Notre Dame one day and then against them another day. I just can't. I'm not going to let that go. I'm not going to let it go. And I haven't been on Twitter this morning. Apparently, Brandon's blocking all the Notre Dame guys. <laughs> blocking all the Notre Dame guys. So I there be and the reason why is he's totally busted and there's no good answer. Like I give him our time for not coming back at me. He has no comeback because he's totally exposed two different videos. One all for Notre Dame defending him, and then one all against Notre Dame saying they're irrelevant. And if they weren't in the playoff, it wouldn't matter and they could go away and nobody would notice. I'm not. Going to let that go. And when I confronted him on Twitter, I honestly wanted to hear what he would say and have a debate or whatever. But when I get cursed at, and that's it, it's the weakest thing in the world. It, it's just the weakest thing in the world. So I was not going to let that go. I don't think he's an awful guy. I, I don't know. But I'm not going to let that go. So I had to do that. So, okay, couple bullet points. The highlighted chats and the super chats. And then I'm going to go 224-937 to start. 385, give me a call back when you get a, a time in a few minutes. I saw you. Um, okay. Somebody's got to explain to me. Andrew, type in if you got to get in quick to go real quick. I need like five minutes to go through this unless you got to get in and go. Um, this college football playoff thing's a little weird. They announced they're going to a five and seven at large. Then one day later, they're already talking about expanding to 14, where like there could be multiple auto bids for conferences already. I don't understand that. One day later, they're already talking about that. And then Adam Dowling put in the chat and has been telling me he's hearing rumors Notre Dame's going to join the Big Ten in 2016. What is it, 26? Whenever that initial little two-year playoff window, there's something out there about Notre Dame joining the Big Ten and there's a deal behind the scenes. I'm hearing that and seeing that too. Adam Dowling brought that up to me. So I don't know what, what's up with that. And then there's some people that like Notre Dame's position. And then there's some that don't like, like some people think it's advantage where Notre Dame's at right now with this playoff positioning. Other people think it's not a good situation. I just, I, I, I don't under, I just don't understand. Here's what else I don't get. You had Feinbaum up there. These guys are making up their own narrative. These guys are literally making up TV angles that don't exist in the ether, in reality. Why is Feinbaum up there saying, 
Notre Dame gets what they get. Oh, they Notre Dame has nobody to blame but Notre Dame for how this has turned out. Oh, they get what they get. They'll never be number one anyways. Bro, who's he talking to? Who is Feinbaum talking to when he's going, whatever happens with Notre Dame, you get it. You just got to deal with these consequences. Notre Dame isn't complaining about the format, you idiot. I don't understand who he's speaking to. There is not some national Twitter outrage of the playoff format saying it's unfair for Notre Dame and all this. That doesn't exist. That does not exist. So I I don't understand that angle. He's acting like all the Notre Dame fans are revolting, saying that this playoff format's unfairly slanted against Notre Dame. I am not seeing that at all. I'm not seeing that at all. So I don't understand why Paul got up there and made this big thing other than to rile up the two teeth havers down there ready to dial him up. Oh, Paul, I don't like that Notre Dame up there in the north with all their fancy things like reading and writing and education. I don't like it very much. Bro, nobody's complaining about this. The other thing that bugs me is The other thing that bugs me about it is we have known and have been talking about Notre Dame's no-buy independence tax for a year. Why are these people getting on TV this week acting like they're breaking news about the format and what's going to happen with Notre Dame in the new playoff? I don't understand. Make it make sense. We have been talking about the the playoff no-buy Notre Dame tax for a year. And then these people this week acted like it was breaking news. Hot off the presses. We got to get this segment on live ESPN right away. Where have they all been? We have all known. We have all known about this forever. And these people on national TV are breaking it like it's news and reacting to it like it's a brand new idea that just happened Tuesday of this week. Nothing's changed for Notre Dame in this, really. I am genuinely confused by all of it. And that's what makes me think, is this just the low spot in the content barrel and they're digging and you go to Old Faithful, which is crapping on Notre Dame or what? Because it just does not add up to me. I just don't understand it. I I don't, I, I can't. Why is Feinbaum yelling at the TV? Notre Dame gets what they get, and you get what you ask for, Notre Dame, and you're going to deal with it. Take your consequences. We're not complaining. We already knew this was our situation for like a year, bro. You're not breaking any news. You're creating stuff that doesn't even exist just to do it. I don't understand it. So I, I just, I'm, these people lost their minds. That's number one. Number two, NBC, Jack is out. Dan Hicks is in. Upgrade. Upgrade. 
right away. Upgrade. Congratulations to, and I'm going to do, I'm not going to do a full breakdown of that dynamic because there's some specific Notre Dameiness to it that I want to go over. And it's going to get its own video going over the weekend. Stay tuned. I'm going to break this down with bullet points. Uh, upgrade. Upgrade. Sorry. Dan X is a professional guy. He actually has a presence. He actually has a pull. He actually has a voice a lot of people recognize. Like, he's kind of an elder statesman that commands a certain level of respect. And maybe I'm saying that as a golf guy. I don't know what that crossover percentage is of people who watch golf on NBC and Notre Dame. That's where I know Dan X from most of my life is doing NBC golf. And he does a really good job and has a very professional like presence that you feel. It, it'll be fine. But I'll break that down in more detail over the weekend. Uh, Garrett is still in the booth, but he was not the problem the way Jack was. Like, I, I don't love both, but it's a, it, it was... You know, and again, it's not that against Jack. He just wasn't ready for the job. He wasn't ready for the job. But when your daddy's Chris and you went to Notre Dame, it seems like an easy thing to do. And it did not work out. It did not work out. So more on that. But Jack, feel free to talk over the crowd so I can hear you announcing the game. Like there was no presence. It was a weak booth and it did Notre Dame no favors. Uh, so stay tuned for that video coming out. Um, but again, I, I just, I don't. And then you had Stephen A. Smith. At least Feinbaum does this every day. Like at least Feinbaum is talking about college football every day. Out of nowhere, Stephen A. Smith comes in. Like out of nowhere, nobody asked for it. Out of nowhere, Stephen A. Smith, who I consider like an NBA drama starter, is his professional job. Stephen A. comes out of nowhere, just yelling, yelling at you with the same old Notre Dame thing. They haven't won in 88. And he's yelling it in true Stephen A. fashion, where if you yell it, it must mean more. Like, it must be more true if you yell it at the TV. I don't get it. I don't understand. Why is Stephen A. Smith yelling at me about the last time Notre Dame won a championship? It's so lazy. It's so lazy. Oh my gosh. I'm so disappointed. And here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. And I don't know when you guys are going to listen to your boy, Johnny here. Will I steer you in the wrong direction? Will I steer you in the wrong direction? Here's the deal. The deal is, why do you guys watch ESPN? Why? If you, I've been telling you all for multiple years now, it's slanted against Notre Dame. And when you watch it, you are supporting anti-Notre Dame positions. That goes for your little your little sweetheart program you grew up with when you were 12 and you woke up on Saturday morning and your mommy made you some blueberry muffins and gave you a glass of milk and, and your childhood was watching game day. So And it's good old-fashioned sports presented to you cleanly with no angle, right? Grow up. You all need to grow up. Do not watch ESPN for anything other than a live game where you can't get it anywhere else. If you do, you're supporting anti-Notre Dame bias. 
Don't ever watch game day. Don't ever watch first take. Don't watch any of it. Don't watch any of it. It's bad, canned, fake programming. So you should only watch it when it's a game and you can't get it anywhere else. I don't feel bad for anybody. If you're a Notre Dame guy and you tune in there and you're watching them crap on us and then you're all mad, no, 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 you're a part of the problem. Don't support them. If it wasn't for Twitter, I wouldn't have seen any of this stuff because I don't watch. I don't watch. Don't support it, game day. Imagine watching game day. Literally being an adult Notre Dame fan and being like, you know what I'm going to do? Wake up and watch these people that don't like my favorite team and pump up their rankings all morning. I make that make sense. If you're a Notre Dame fan, justify that. It's all slanted against us. And you're going to sit there on a Saturday morning with with your little uh, cinnamon rolls that come out of a can that you twist. And and mom puts the white frosting on, and then you sit there and pump up the ratings of a show that doesn't like you. You out of your mind? You don't get to do both, Notre Dame fans. Watch the garbage and then complain you're mad about the garbage. Don't watch the garbage. Mark May, at least Mark May had Lou on the other side balancing him out. You may not have understood what Lou was saying, but I loved it anyways. Come on. So I don't understand any of this stuff. All right. I'm going to blow my nose. I'm going to blow my nose. I'm going to do the super chats. Then I'm going to go to the calls. Then we'll come back to my note, my notes. Early on in the chat, there was a lot of debate about Notre Dame's recruiting operation. They're doing things a different way. And what I don't know is, I don't know this. Is it a different way to get to the same finish line? Or is it a different way that ends up with different results? Isn't that what this all comes down to? Them getting so far ahead in the 25 cycle, getting this many guys early and all this stuff. And and a lot of the guys have been being three-star, but but have potential and all that. Like, I just, I don't know. <laughs> XND, I think I got your cold, John. Thanks. And then I cough right when you say it. How appropriate. How appropriate. Um, The reality is, it is being built different. The process is different. How they evaluate is different. The timing is different. What they're looking for is different in recruiting. All of that's true. We know the work ethic is an elite work ethic. I'm not talking results. I'm talking the level of work this staff man-to-man puts in is an elite work effort. All of this stuff. But we don't have the results in yet. We don't have we don't have the back end of the story. So it's being built differently. No, it is everything about the recruiting operations different than how Kelly did it. But I need different results or it isn't going to matter ultimately. So that's the question, you guys. It's being operated differently. I just don't know whether that is a path to the same result, but it looks different getting there and we're all going to be frustrated. Or if this is a different path that's going to lead to a different result. I don't know the answer to that. People are mad about three stars. Well, what if some of those three stars that are juniors now end up getting a fourth star next year? 
Do you take back your three-star frustration? That's the other thing you got to realize. They still have all another year. I feel like even if some of them get bumped to four-star next year, it's going to be in people's heads he's a three-star guy because when he committed, he was a three-star guy. I believe that's a part of it. People value more if it's a four-star dude and we get a four-star dude than if it's a three-star dude when he commits and he turns into a four-star. I think three-stars still in people's heads. When really, I could argue it's actually... I could argue it's actually the other way around where you should be more impressed if Notre Dame is. You should be more impressed if Notre Dame's identifying some of these lower ranked guys, getting on them early, and then they rise when they're committed to Notre Dame. You should actually be more happy about that, not less. Morrison, Alt were three stars. Yeah, do you, I mean, do they get credit for that? I don't know. But also... I am not going to tell you guys. Look at this on a Friday. Oh, baby, we're off to the races today. Where is it? Look at this. $100 holler, taking care of the phone lines. John, I'm still here. I watch you on replay. Denbrock makes all the difference. No reason why ND can't go 12-0 and next year. There you go, baby. Denbrock certainly does make a difference. Uh... I wrote an article last night. I don't know when it's going to post about what could go wrong in 24. We spent a lot of time talking about what's going right. I want to be fair, balance it out. And uh, and I so I I said, what could go wrong in 24? What could derail Notre Dame's hopes in 24? You know what one of the top ones is? That offensive line isn't good enough. And it doesn't matter how athletic Riley Leonard is. It doesn't matter how creative Denbrock is. If the O-line doesn't do a great job, it's going to limit the output of that offense. We're all going to be frustrated again, even if there's more talent. I don't need that offensive line to be a fully functioning, perfect unit right out of the gate. What I do need you to do is be good enough to win games while you're building that. You follow me? I need you to, to gel and all that and, and work out the kinks. Yeah, you need time to do that while you're winning. It does me no good for you to lose two or three games and later in the year, the offensive line's a well-oiled machine. Big deal. You're a well-oiled machine rolling into the, the camping world bowl again. All right, blowing my nose. Eric, $100 Allah, really appreciate it. All right, I need to get to a couple chats and then your calls. Oh, I'm sorry, you guys. I realize that's awful live radio, but I don't know what else to do. Um, I'm not going to blow my nose in front of the crowd. Like, I don't, I don't know what my options are here. V1 rotate V2, $10 holler. John is like the former president on Twitter. Uh, you're a master troll, but the more you stay off of it, the better you're probably going to be, and we will all be. V1 I pick my spots on Twitter. Sometimes I don't have the patience for what it's turned into. Other things trigger me or I'm in a certain mood. Or if I could parlay it into good content here on Patreon, those are the things I go for. Uh, Brandon was so hypocritical. He gave me no choice but to go there yesterday. No choice. $2 from Adam. It 
ND to the Big Ten eating up. Adam's hearing these rumors. He's hearing these rumors. $5 hour from Andrew. You'll come right up, Andrew. Thanks for the, the dono here. $20 hour from the V1 Rotate. Notre Dame, Notre Lame, Notre Shame. Yet ND versus OSU is the most watched NBC sports game since 93. ND Louisville, highest attended Louisville game in history. Uh, uh, irrelevant. Irrelevant. Even if you said, this is the other dumb comeback. When you bring up TV ratings and all that, and then people be like, yeah, people are tuning in to root against Notre Dame. It's not because they like them. That's relevance to you, dummy. You clown. That's relevance to. If a bunch more people are tuning into games just to root against somebody, that is a part of being relevant. Irrelevant means no one cares about you. Being hating a college football team is proving their relevance. I don't think people understand what that word means. $20 from the format. My guy, John, you've been a friend and mentor in this business. I appreciate everything. Bruce, appreciate you, man. Thank you. You're a good, good guy, a good friend, good family man. I like you, Bruce. I respect you a lot. $20 from Ryan. Good morning, John. Beautiful day in South Bend. Temps remind me of fall and ND football. Can't wait. Fire up another season. Can't get here soon enough. Oh, buddy, it's going to be a long spring and summer. Look at where we're at already with the narratives and with all this stuff that comes up. We're not even to blue and gold. And then we have all the dog days of summer. All of those dog days of summer. All right. Here's the deal. The call bank is getting a little busy today. So if you guys could get to your main points, keep it rolling. Some days in the off season, we only have one or two calls. I could give people more time to breathe, walk things out. I got a bunch of calls. So if you could keep it to your few main points and then we'll move on, uh, that, that would be great. Um, here we go. Andrew, you're going to be first up. What's going on, buddy? Hey, what's up, John? How are you, man? I'm good, man. There's just a lot going on. It's a weird time of the year, man. And all this stuff is just like, it's just, I don't know, man. It, it's just content galore. There's just a lot going on. Where do you want to go? <laughs> yeah, you know, I, so I, I'll be quick because uh, you got a, a, a lot of callers. But uh, yeah, I just wanted to comment on Stephen A. Smith. Um, totally a lame take um and it's it's so indicative of of that guy because he i don't know about you i i don't think i've ever heard him do like a rant or make an argument that like was even memorable and in fact like they've been saying notre dame's irrelevant since like jerry faust era you know you know what i mean it's just an old take and i, I remember like 10 years ago there was an si i think a golf writer and your golf fan rick riley had this like big long article about how Notre Dame was irrelevant. And then, and then they literally made the championship that yeah. year. So, um, so it's such a lame take, but, but I will say, Hey, I, I what, what I wanted to, what I thought was an interesting take on it is I want to get it back to you, uh, Marcus Freeman. And, and the reason why I say that is um, the best coach uh, in, 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 in uh, at Notre Dame for over the last 30 years was obviously Lou Holtz. And um, what I thought was cool about Lou, not only did he win big games, but um, he was pretty good at smack talking. And so 
I feel like if Lou Holtz was the coach and like some prominent person like Stephen A went on and said what he said, uh, he'd have a good good line or two. I mean, and Ryan Day found out about that, um, you know, earlier this year. And so I, I just think that um, Marcus, I, I, I'm pretty interested to find out if Marcus Freeman will will say anything. Um, and, uh, you know, because at the end of the day, college football is an entertainment product. And this guy's giving you a perfect opportunity to hit back. And so let's see um, Marcus Freeman take off the take off the gloves a little bit and see if he can talk a little smack. Because I think Lou Holtz felt confident in talking smack. That's what I was going to say, Adam. That's, or, uh, Andrew, sorry. That's what I was going to say is, does Freeman have the, the swag and the credibility and the swing of the big stick like Lou had to step out in that way? Uh, that would be my question. Because Lou had that thing about him where he could do that, and it's Lou, and everybody kind of genuflected to Lou. And a part of it was the time and the era that it was. I don't know if Freeman has uh, has enough credibility to be able to do that without putting a big target on his back. Maybe you're going to argue yep. that that's healthy and that's what you should want and go for. Actually, crank it up a little bit. Well, I just I just think that what was cool about Lou was he would crack back in his own way. Like he, you know what I mean? He never came off like uh, I, maybe a little bit with Ryan Day. Like it, it came off sort of controversial, but. He had sort of a folksiness to him that when he talked smack, it was more That's like good, people would have fun. With what it a good a way bit, to you know? put it. Like, so, Did yeah. you just call it folksy? Is yeah, that, you know, I like that. Like yeah, a, no, like that's a, perfect. I wanted to make sure yeah. I heard what you said. That's absolutely perfect. And there was always like usually some hint of like creativity or like something kind of funny in there with Lou too. Like the angle he took. He had a way to be like, get his point across, but be disarming almost at the same time. I, I, yeah, I like it. And and I just think that like Freeman has a swag to him. He's a cool dude. He should craft a cool comeback, uh, you know, on Stephen A. Smith. Uh, because if he doesn't, it's just kind of like, dude, um, because even though Stephen A. Smith, people like him, Rick Riley, all these, all these people that we say Notre Dame's irrelevant, even though they're wrong, it's still not a good look for Notre Dame when you got a famous dude like Stephen A. Smith coming on national TV and, and going viral because he's saying Notre Dame's irrelevant, you know, because it's just another thing. Um, so, so I think that um, you're going into year three, Marcus Freeman. Uh, you should have the confidence. I mean, God, you, you're, some of your best players on defense are coming back. You get the best um, offensive coordinator in the market. You get the, uh, arguably the best quarterback in the transfer portal market. I mean, you gotta be confident going into year three. Let's 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 see some swag. Let's let's let, you know, because I I just think that um it deserves a response because if it goes unresponded, then um, people like Paul Feinbaum and Stephen A can you know dominate the argument. So yeah, it's and part of it, man, is how do you define relevance? I always struggle with that. If it's just like that's the issue. Well, how do you define that? You know, is it historical? Are you including all of what somebody's done in college football or what a school's done? Like I, I just Well, I think I think they're I think they're they're saying they don't win. And and I think that that is um there's some truth in that. There's yeah. no doubt that they don't win. I mean if you, Can't I, you deny know, they're not that. coming on saying that other name. Uh, Notre Dame doesn't draw eyeballs. But see, but that's different. Saying they don't, saying they don't win is different than saying they're irrelevant. Though I wish people would better. I wish people would better define the terms. Saying we haven't won anything that matters in my old cognizant life is a fact, and the reason my hair's falling out. That is different than saying we're irrelevant. Though 
the definitions of the words should matter. Yeah, I agree with you. I think they're dumb and they think they're making some uh, interesting point, uh, even though 100 million people made that same point. Uh, you know, but it just, uh, but yeah, you're right. But I mean, this is the year. You got to, I, I think Freeman should crack back. And if you don't have the team to back it up this year, then then I really want to question if there's truly a Freeman factor. And then that, that's my last point, and I'll leave you on, is um, Blyberg uh, in the chat is making a good point. Right now, every, uh, I shouldn't say every, but a lot of major teams are making a run at Deuce Knight right now. And so you're coming on here, John, and you're, you're coming pretty strong saying that uh, Freeman is doing things differently. He's shopping down a different aisle. But um, I, I'm beginning to question a little bit um, that Freeman had uh, Keon Keeley happened to him. He had Peyton Bowen famously happened to him. And then even before all that, Dante Moore sort of happened to him. And so I'm worried that Freeman is, you know, a little gun shy after, you know, going after the big dogs and striking out on some of these guys. Now, he, he does get credit for landing Cam Williams, especially with all the turnover, um, you know, at, uh, you know, with offensive coordinator. I'm not sure if I put TJ Carr in that, in that category yet, but uh, I think Deuce Knight is clearly uh, a major prospect. And so it will be really interesting to to see how that plays out. If he loses um, Deuce Knight, you know, then I don't want to hear about Freeman Factor anymore because uh, Brian Kelly could lose to Deuce Knight at any time as well. So I'll leave you on that. I don't know if you well, agree. But. Yeah, Brian Kelly would lose at Deuce Knight because he would have never met Deuce Knight. So it would be easy to lose something you never had because you never even would have introduced the guy or entered that state to even investigate talent under Brian Kelly. However, Andrew... I mean, the jury's out on this. We don't know the answer. We don't. We we don't know how this is going to go, and we're all going to get the answers soon enough. Is it, it as far as that talent and the way he's recruiting? This roster's about to roll over pretty soon, from Brian Kelly guys to Freeman guys, and then there's not going to be any more excuses at all tied to the previous regime and what they did or didn't do. And then you're going to have to you're going to have to win or or not. Let me ask you this though, before I let you go. Does it seem like something Freeman would do to go, man, I'm embarrassed that we lost two big five stars on, the, on, the, on signing day last year. I'm not even going to try for him this year. That just doesn't seem like something that would enter Freeman's brain to get that gun shy about going after the best guys because it didn't work out for us one year. I don't see that as being the case. But then you're going to say, well, if that's not um, the case, then where... Where are the new ones then that we're heating up for, right? But like, I don't see Freeman shying away from that because a couple of them didn't work out. That wouldn't make sense, would it? Well, I well, I, I think I have a, a different take on that because there's there's so many factors when you're when you're recruiting these these big time recruits. And what um what I like about Notre Dame's NIL program is that they clearly don't mind cutting a chap on the transfer market. Um, you know, I'm sure Riley Lumber really did want to go to Notre Dame, but I promise you, he his he's got representation, and his representation asks probably Sam Hartman how much he made, and I bet you uh, Riley's making more. Yeah, um, yeah, he is. You're right, wide Andrew. You're right, he is, and probably and probably those, those wide receivers we brought in, they got they got a nice little check too. But I what I don't like about our fan base is they've like you know drank the Kool Aid that. Um, you know, some of the Notre Dame, you know, sycophant uh, websites have put out that it's a good thing that Notre Dame's not, um, doesn't pay for high school players. And I just think that, you know, that doesn't, that does not add up in, in my mind. You know, obviously it, it stinks if you, if you're like a Texas A&M and you struck out on, 
all these big recruits. But you go look at the teams that win championships. It's Bud Elliott's um, blue chip ratio is undefeated. Uh, it almost lost, uh, you know, with the Michigan thing, um, but it's it's undefeated. And so, if you're not getting the best high school football players, I don't care. I mean, there's always an average, there's always a, a a Morrison or an Alt. But then there's five other guys that we don't even know their names who suck, you know. And so you got to hit on those four and five stars. And so I really think that we, as a fan base, we should not retire the idea that we shouldn't pay for play for high school guys. Don't believe, don't drink the Kool Aid that that Notre Dame people are putting out. Because at the end of the day, that's how you're winning championships right now. And so I think it's a long um, way to get to the fact that maybe Freeman's realized that he is not going to crack that nut in terms of getting NIL money for high school guys. And so he's got to shop down a, a, a different aisle. I think that's possibly it. Because so, I guarantee you, if, if they had a big check for Peyton Bowen at the end of the day, that'd be what it signed with us. And I wonder what Alabama had promised Keon Keeley. So um, I, I'm not saying that money was the defining thing in all those things, but it's a huge factor. And if ND is just not going to pay for high school guys, don't expect top 50 recruits. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, that, that's an interesting debate. The one thing I will throw in is now that I have more access to information about the NIL and the way it works behind the scenes. Now that I have a little more of that through Goolsby and those contacts, Andrew, there's a lot going on. It is not as simple as you're a good high school player. We're going to kick you a little, a little dough. It, there's always a bunch more strings attached. It isn't just the money for that player I think they have an issue with. It's all the strings attached with the entourage, with the uncle that's the agent, with the dad, with the I need travel expenses and I need this and I need that. It's not as simple as just paying this good high school kid a little money to get through college. Most of those instances come with a whole bunch of strings attached that make it untenable for Notre Dame. If it was purely well, what we're thinking, but fine. But it, it always has strayed off to be more than that to where it crosses a line Notre Dame's not comfortable with. And then we have to have a big discussion about whether we want Notre Dame to go there or not. Yeah, and I think that it's it's such a boring discussion. It's like Notre Dame um, is is they admit players that should not be in the school, so they they do this weird uh, you know this line where it's it's like we're not going to recruit some players, but we are going to recruit other players, and it's just like I I think that that's always going to be um, the reason why we don't win championships. It's like it, uh, so, like Freeman's doing a good job of moving, uh, moving the administration along, especially in the transfer portal market, stuff like that. But I mean, he's got to he's got to continue to to fight on these high school recruits because I think it's just such BS that uh, you can win a championship, um, but you're not allowed to look at you know some of the best players in the country because because they are prima donnas or they do want money or that maybe they're not smart enough to get into school. They're already admitting dudes who aren't smart enough to get into the school. So, um, so yeah, I think that we're always going to have that problem until we say, you know what, we want to win a championship. So, um, yeah, but yeah, man, I, I mean, if, 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 yeah, if, yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's just, I'm learning nothing is as simple as you think it should be and could be, man. It's like a little money, then it turns into an apartment and a job for mom and a car and extra travel money for the entourage. So the family could come from. California to every home game. And if that's not, that allowance isn't included, you're not getting our kit. Like, it, I'm just telling you, it gets really, really dicey on the back end of this stuff. Uh, just like it did with 
Notre Dame guys wanting bumps in NIL to play in the bowl game or not. Like that surprised me to hear Notre Dame guys were playing that game, but they were, they were playing that leverage game. Like there's just a lot that goes on, man. And Notre Dame's got to decide what they're willing to live with and not with those frustrations. It's not an easy thing to navigate, but your fears are legitimate. Your fears about the recruiting are legitimate. And then we're going to find out whether this is a different way to end up at the same, uh, finish line or or something different it better be different or i'm gonna lose it well let's 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 um hope that freeman cracks back at Stephen a smith i i, I would uh he would gain garner a lot more respect for me if he did that because i want to get fired up going into the season and i think that'd be a fun way to Andrew, fire what, things up, so. all right yeah. let's find some middle ground here as i let you go uh bruce you're gonna come up next uh and then i got a few others as well uh here's some middle ground Without exposing Freeman, you know, what if the social media team put together something with his quote and then a checklist of all the stuff we've done in the NFL guys and all this different stuff? And then would that suffice for you? Or is it important for you that Marcus is the one who takes the shot? Yeah, not a chance. I mean, uh, because, uh, you know, a, a funny uh, you know social media post uh, resonates probably, what, for 24 hours? But I think if when a coach comes out and, and talks and smack and then backs it up, I mean, that could define a whole season. So he's got to come out and be a man, you know, step up, let, take on this Stephen A. Smith, who's a total clown. And I think he's smart enough. I think he's, uh, he's witty enough. And I think it would actually show a different, like, more competitive side to him. Uh, and it, it, I guess the risky runs is you come off looking like a loser like uh, Ryan Day, um, yeah. uh, you know, because he just had no ability to talk smack back to Lou Holtz. But I think uh, Freeman can do it, and I think it's important to, and I think it would fire up the team if he didn't. So interesting. Yep. Hey, man, uh, you're always thinking about Notre Dame, and I like that. Have a good weekend, man. Hey, you too. Thanks, Thanks for the donation. Appreciate it. All right, blowing my nose, and then Bruce, you'll come up nine three seven after that. Oh, it's a, it's a struggle to breathe, man. It's a struggle to breathe. Um, the other thing about people need to realize though, Notre Dame's really, really early on that 25 class. That's why it's ranked number one with a bunch of three stars in it because they're so early on compiling. Got I looked into this and asked the people that I know that are more involved with the recruiting numbers. And they're like, John, a few of those guys are going to be four stars when they roll into their senior year and the evaluation calendar restarts or whatever. Those guys are going to end up four stars in Notre Dame. People won't be so negative on it. Relax. They're just early. These guys are juniors. I don't know. I don't know. But I know that we're going to get answers. That's the good thing about this, you guys. All the uncertainty and nobody knows what it's going to be. And is this good enough? And is the recruiting operation really being built differently? Or are we just saying that to feel better about all it? Listen, it's, you're going to get the answers. You're going to get the answers. And I better like them. I better like them. Bruce, 646.
Thanks for the kind words, Bruce. Good morning. 937 next. What's going on, Brucey? Morning, John. Hey, first thing, man, get some use in it. That'll work. Oh, dude. <laughs> Bro, I got that medicine cabinet and I'm like, it's like uh it's like candy. I'm just like, what do I want to try today? Maybe this one will stuff me up more. Like I'm <laughs> I'm like just trying different blends and the different cold and sinus medicine we have. It's seasonal. I don't think I'm sick. I just think the season messes with my sinuses, man. I got you. Um, so I was listening to the I was listening to the last caller and something I disagree with. He, he wants Freeman to fire back at Stephen A. Freeman's not in a position to do that. We gotta look at this rationally. It would be cool as Notre Dame fans to see that, but he's not in a position to do that. Lou Holtz was in a position to do that because Lou Holtz had won yeah. everything. He won it all. Skins on the, so skins on the that, wall gives you that credibility to be able to speak out a little bit is what you're saying. That's right. See, but I that's think, right. but I think, see, but Bruce, I think that's what Andrew wants. I think Andrew wants Freeman to do that without having all that credit in the bank as a motivational thing, like a rallying cry. I think that's his angle. Um, and so I don't know. I just don't see Freeman doing it. I, I would, I could see the social media team tweeting out a graphic with all the different things on it to I shoot back. That. I could see that yeah. a lot more before I could see Freeman saying anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm going to try not to get into my rant here, but you know where this is going. So first, <laughs> Stephen A. talks that talk about Notre Dame on the show for one reason and one reason only. ESPN, SEC. He knows where the bread is buttered, just like Feinbaum does. We know what that is. ESPN owns the SEC network. ESPN uh, airs the college football playoff. They have a very vested interest in the SEC's success. And the SEC and Notre Dame are oil and water. We know that. That's what this is. And so to appease all the SEC apologists, well, what do we got to do? We got to take shots at Notre Dame. Just like Feinbaum was taking all those shots at Michigan last year, Michigan won and Feinbaum, you saw his face when he was forced to admit that Michigan was the best team in the country after they won it all. He was—he looked so sad that he was forced to admit that. But but that's the real deal. And getting back to Stephen A., this dude, every year he screams, roll tide. But we know he's not a real college football guy. Number one, he is an, he's a Northeastern guy. He's from New York City. And he did most of his work as a writer in Philly. And me, I'm a Northeastern guy as well. And I can tell you, yeah, we, we're cool with college football, but it's not life like it is in the South and in the Midwest. It's, it's a totally different vibe. That's a basketball part of the country first and foremost. So he's not a real college football guy and he's always screaming roll tide. No one's going to point out that he's not screaming roll tide this year. Now that Saban's gone, I guarantee it. No one's going to point it out. Um, next, still on Stephen A, because that was the point of discussion earlier. And you and I talked about this before, how disgusting it was. He had nothing to say when Georgia went 40 years, not 36, 40. Four zero four decades without winning a championship. He had nothing to say. And again, no one called him out. Why? ESPN, SEC, they're hand in hand or hand in glove or however you want to say it. The SEC bias in college football coverage is rampant. Yes, since 2009, five different SEC programs have won championships. I get it. That said, the bottom, the lower half of the SEC is just as bad as the lower half of any other conference. I say this year in and year out, but fine, whatever. Um, Feinbaum, we expect him to say the things that he's saying. So there's no surprise there. 
He's a deep South guy. That is what that is. He can't give Notre Dame any props or any credit and then turn around and go on his SEC-focused radio show every afternoon. He can't do that. He'll get destroyed. He knows who his constituents are, so he has to talk to them. But at the end of the day, the easiest way for Notre Dame to fix this, John, you know what it is. We got to do the Al Davis just win, baby. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. It's the ultimate, Bruce. And and it's it's what drives me to do this show. It's why I built this studio. It's the driver of why I get up every morning is for all this to be worth it in some way, some day, some year where it comes around and we actually win and nobody can say anything again. And you win and you shut them all up. It's mm-hmm. the ultimate dream of my existence, Bruce. And in fact, I'll probably have an existential crisis when that happens, because where do you go from there? When for 40 years you wake up with that goal, if we reached it, I would probably lose my mind afterwards. I'm, we just, you right. got to get some results, Bruce. I love Notre Dame, but we have not won anything I care about the whole time my mind can remember being alive. It's very sad, Bruce. That's right. It's very sad. It's unfortunate. I'm right. I'm supremely aware of our realities and where we've been. Um, yeah. I don't know, man. It, 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 it's and then what do you make of Bruce? What do you make of Notre Dame's playoff thing with the the no buy thing? Is that a good deal for Notre Dame or a bad deal for Notre Dame? I've seen a lot of banter about this. How do you look at it down in SEC country where you are looking at Notre Dame? Does this help them? Did they get a bad deal? Did Jack negotiate a good deal? What's your making of that position Notre Dame's in? I think, I think obviously you want an opportunity to be able to compete every year. So there's that. But I'll say the only good thing about it, and we talked about this too, it's gonna in a couple of years they will change it. The only good thing about being fifth is that everybody below you is a conference champion, right? And so if you get in that fifth spot as Notre Dame, which is very possible, you get in that fifth spot, what happens is you may get a bunch of SEC at-large teams who have to come up to South Bend in December and play you. And now you get to take advantage of the weather. You get to take advantage of the travel. You get to slow them down and you get to freeze them out. So that'll work for a couple of years, and then the powers that be are going to say, oh, no, we can't have this, <laughs> right? Yeah. We, we need the SEC given every advantage possible, and so they're going to move those. You and I, I think we talked about it. They're going to start moving those games. You'll see in a couple of years, they'll move those games to Ford Field or yeah. Lucas Oil Stadium or yeah. you know one of those indoor venues, even if they have to play up north. That's Gosh. what's going to end up Man, happening. Bruce, that is so... Subject the SEC to that. Bruce, that's so frustrating because I think everybody that's a college football fan, regardless of what team you love, one of the best features about college football is the feel of these games on these home campuses. That is one of the main, main, main things that separates college football from pro for so many people is the unique feel that cannot be replicated anywhere else of a home college football weekend with all your rival coming to town and all the juice and everything. That's it. And then they're going to take it away. I'm just, I'm not going to like it. So while it still exists, we need to take advantage of it before they change it. Right. Oh, I don't know. And Bruce. That, that, that's exactly what's going to happen, John. But as I understand it, 
only the first round games are going to be taking place on college yes. campuses as that as it is. Yes, I believe the first so, round is so, on campuses. The second round goes to neutral site game, neutral sites, I believe. Okay, so already they're they're putting it in play that again they are making sure that the weather does not become a factor against these SEC teams because I can guarantee you you will see four maybe five SEC teams get into this thing probably four three to four Big Twelves and uh, Big Tens and then you know however it shakes out but they're going to do everything they can to get the maximum amount of SEC teams in this thing I know I keep harping on the SEC you know what that is for me that's like you said, that's the same thing for you in Michigan, but it's also well-established. Like, if you really pay attention to college football and college football media, it's well-established. It's there. This is not me making it up or being hypersensitive. Yeah. it, Bruce, I just – I don't know where Notre Dame fits into this. I don't know how Notre Dame fits into this, and it's making me nervous. I don't. I don't know if this is all going to pay off for Notre Dame. We get better results. I don't know if it blows up on Notre Dame. And and 2012 was the best chance we ever had because you only had to win one game and get lucky once and you're the title winners. I don't know how this is going to go, man, but I have anxiety about it. Yeah, I, I, um, I, it's, it's always going to be tough no matter what program it is to have to play an extra game. But to your point, if he can keep it rolling, the way Freeman is recruiting, the depth that he is building, you see Notre Dame in the past. And again, you and I, we've talked ad nauseum offline. My biggest issue with Notre Dame was always our first 22 could match up with most teams in the country. But when they're still shuffling in four and five stars as reserves, and we're down to two and three stars, that's where the disparity happens. And that's where the blowouts take place. But now Freeman, he's got the depth coming in. He's got the youth. Infusion, he's got the depth, depth, excuse me. And once once we get really to that level on the skill players, Notre Dame can be very, very dangerous, just as dangerous as anyone else. And that's that's what that's what I think. Because you know they're always gonna get old line and they're always gonna get running back. The key is to your point, you always say you gotta get that trigger puller in the center, and then you gotta get guys on the outside from throw it to it. Yeah. Uh, Bruce, do you have any anxiety about that 25 class having some three stars with upside? Does it, is it getting too much like Brian Kelly is shopping down a different aisle? Or do you see that it's being built different with body types and athleticism in mind and there's a different angle here? Uh, where do you fall on that? All of us would like all four and five stars with no drama, no debate. Everybody just knows they're awesome. I, I'm just saying, where do you fall on that? Looking at how Notre Dame's building that 25 class. So honestly, I, I haven't done too much study on the 25 class. I've seen stuff, you know, come across here and there. And But what I can say is, yes, from what we've seen just on the field thus far, you can see Freeman is developing uh, in conjunction, I guess, with his coaches and with strength and conditioning, a different caliber of athlete, more explosive, more twitchy. And that's great. Um, faster, stronger, all that's great. Um, as for the 2025 class, it's going to be very interesting to see because the problem is we've seen a lot of high-level classes, like the last guy said before at Notre Dame. But when it comes down to it, and Georgia and Alabama and these schools and Texas come through and they say, hey, there's more money and you don't have to go to class and uh, don't worry, we'll take care of all that for you. It's real hard for most young kids to turn that down. So it, even if the class was elite and full of five stars, the, the problem is keeping them, right? It's okay, you got them, 
but is it it's like a bad analogy but apples to oranges you have an animal in the trap and then you go open the trap to finish the job and the animal runs off right and that yeah that was a terrible analogy but you kind of get where i was going with that but the, the point is it's one thing to recruit them it's another to keep them but to see to have the hope that these three stars turn into four stars i mean really the whole star thing doesn't do a whole lot for me because even coach prime said it you know i can make a call and a guy becomes a five star so like it, there's no standardized criteria on what makes a five star across these recruiting services. And so you, you got these guys and they could be a five star here. They could be a four star there. At the end of the day, it's a, a, a guy who can fit and stick at Notre Dame. And it's a guy who has the base level tools to get built into a monster because Joe Alt wasn't this Joe Alt when he got to Notre Dame, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, same, yeah, Morrison as well. Those are some well-known three stars. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, Correct. Yeah. And it's like, if you want to say Kelly shopped down a different aisle, it feels like Freeman's shopping down a different aisle, but it's a different, different aisle than the one Kelly was shopping down in the different aisle. Does that make sense? Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I man, I it's wild. So I don't know, Bruce, um, this is going to be a big year for Notre Dame. There's a lot changing. Notre Dame's got to find their place in this new world. It is, um, it, it's really going to be interesting. So big year for Freeman, big year for Notre Dame. And I'm excited about spring ball. Anything on the way out, Bruce, thanks for touching base. Nah, man, that, that's it. Just, uh, yeah, that's it. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. You and the family have a good weekend, and uh, hopefully I'll be able to see you soon, Bruce. Take care, buddy. All right, John. You be good, man. Have a good one. Take care. Make sure you go check out his podcast, uh, The Format. All right, nose time. It's a bad one today, guys. I'm struggling. 937-859. The show must always go on. Content's king. The show must go on. The funny part is I actually have some promotional stuff to record. Like record an advertisement promo thing for something I'm working on and having to deal with. And it's like, I would love to do this promo read, but I'm not doing it with my nose all stuffed up and recording a commercial promo I'm going to use over and over. And I'm all stuffed up. My nose is running. Oh, that's bad radio, baby. 937, what's going on? Good morning. Hey, John, how's it going? This is your favorite Buckeye fan. Oh boy, what's going on, man? It's been a while. Happy New Year. How are you doing? Yeah. I'm doing great. Um, I wanted to give you a call. And first off, Stephen A. Smith, he's, I don't think he watches college football. There was, it was a few years ago, he was talking about how the NFL didn't like Dwayne Haskins because he was a dual threat quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> and he was, for Ohio State, he was like the least dual threat quarterback we'd had in like 20 years. So he obviously doesn't watch. He doesn't watch. A lot yeah. You know, he has um, his lane and I wish he would like stay in his lane yelling about, you could yell about the NBA every single day. Like I always, every time I see him yelling, it's usually NBA. Like just keep doing that. It just felt lazy 
And it felt like some producer in his ear reminded him how long it's been since Notre Dame won. And then, and then he just ran with it. Like, but it's just lazy. But also, man, also, Notre Dame has really not won anything for like 30 years. That is a fact that we have to acknowledge, but I don't think it equals irrelevance. I think those are different, and that's where we run into an intellectual disagreeance. Right, right. I mean, uh, geez. Uh, yeah, that's, I mean, look, Oklahoma hasn't won a national championship since like 2000. I mean, that's a long time, and yeah. they're still relevant. I. I think Notre Dame is probably more relevant than they are right now. So it's kind of, I, I would, uh, uh, I, that's a, that's a full statement because there's just so few teams that win national championships. It's really hard. Yeah. That's the thing. Um, so everybody's really irrelevant then except for like three teams. Hey, somebody wants me to ask you, is there any rumors that he's hearing about Caleb Downs having a couple issues at Ohio state or not being totally happy with the setup? Uh, Somebody asked me to ask you that. I don't know no, anything. I don't know anything about it. From but what I, I've read, what's the deal? What's the from word? From what I've read, that's that. Yeah. So from what I've read about it, from people supposedly in the know, that this gets <laughs> it's it, this might even been started by other fan bases in order to, to uh, create some some clickbait. Um, so. I don't think that that's a thing. He definitely is not transferring now because if he did, it would, he would have to sit out a year. So it, it doesn't make any sense. And they had a bunch of pictures with him uh, lifting with the team and stuff like yesterday. So I, I think that that's, I think that's way overblown. I mean, uh, I don't think that that's a possibility, honestly, this year. So, yeah. Uh, and, and, and I think if, if he plays this year, he's definitely not going to transfer next year. What would, yeah, you know, unless the coaching staff <laughs> changes, what would be the point of that? Yeah. Uh, um, and then let me, can I ask you this? I'm going to put you in a weird position because you're sure. not a Notre Dame guy. You're not a Notre Dame guy, uh, but you're aware of, of right. kind of the ecosystem and everything going on as an outsider. Who's not a Notre Dame guy, but you don't hate us enough that you don't watch this show, you know? <laughs> I want to ask, where do you think Notre Dame fits in this playoff deal? Are they getting a good deal where they're at with the no buy thing, number five, whatever? Or is it is it a good deal yeah. or a bad deal for Notre Dame? Does this help or hurt them? Are they getting away scot-free here or is it going to hurt them? How do you see it as an outside? Okay, so I think on the front end, it, it helps them actually. So, and and I say this because Remember, you're not getting a buy, but you are getting a buy because uh, the week that the the, cha the conference champions are playing, they have to play that extra game. Notre Dame does not have to play that extra game, and and now with the Big Ten playing, you know, one versus two, and not East versus yeah, West, that gets a lot harder. Yeah. Not, yeah, yeah, they're going to be playing a top, you know, sixteen. So Dude, that's a big change. Year, that's a big, big change that I think more people need to mention because you know what I always used to be mad at, man, is fancy Big Ten. Ooh, we're a power play conference, and then we have our conference championship, and it's five loss Northwestern in the, representing that side. Like, no, that's not a championship right. matchup. Ohio State or Michigan on the other side against four loss Northwestern. Patty Fitzgerald, no. But, like, this will make it way more competitive. Right. So, 
really the, the, the big loser in that is the team that loses that game because they could be technically, you know, a top five team and then all yeah. the way to like, well, so they had to play that game and then they have to play in the first round. So um, I do think what's going to happen, this is kind of what I, I see is brewing, John, is is the reason why Notre Dame the one to maybe get in the conference after the first two years is because the Big Ten and the SEC are going to demand at least four. I think each are going to demand at least four uh, uh, automatic bids to the playoff. I'm not sure if they really want to make it 12 uh, to 14. I'm not sure about that, but I think they're going to they're going to go for at least four for each conference. And I think in the end they're going to somehow work it in where the conference championship game is a part of the playoff. So well, why? Uh, but wait, wait. That, let me at wait, wait. I'm trying to understand this. Like, why yeah. is that a necessity, though? Like, your conference champion gets in automatically. After that, why can't it just be at large? And if you were that good and you were that close, then you'll be included in the at large. Why does it have to be automatic? Just, just because they want to no, make sure I, that those teams are in there to make that money of the pie guaranteed. My thought is you reward the champion, and if other teams are good enough, they're going to be in anyways for the at-large. What's wrong with that? Yeah, I mean... I, they just I, want I, the guaranteed I, money. I think it's because... Call it what it is. They yeah, want the guaranteed it's, it's money all, of having four teams money, in there. Oh, man. And, and then you're going to have... It's, you it's two bullies. Money. You two bullies. The SEC and the Big Ten walking around, and they're dictating all of this, it feels like. Am I wrong? It feels like those two are negotiating all of this structure. Well, the thing is, they basically, you know, the two, two, two leagues have basically all the cards. So I think you would probably do the same if you had all the cards. The other, the other thing about it, though, is that the Big Ten, in some ways, it's, this is going to be, I don't know if it's good or not, but I just I'm glad that I think eventually the ESPN is going to be out. They're not going to be able to afford uh, the, the the playoff um, where they're currently at, and we're going to have some real networks and you know Amazon, Apple, uh, uh, actually bidding for this. Oh and, no! And, uh, Come um, on, no! Just put it on TV. No, so, I, I think it's good. I hate ESPN. I, wanna, I hate you, ESPN. With I want to yell at the TV like the old days, not pull it up on my tablet and hope it refreshes the stream and the oh. bu- and it buffers. I yeah. don't want to do that for this. Yeah. I'm old. Right, Just right. tell well, me I'm what thinking, channel to yell at. I'm thinking the networks are going to have the real big ones, but I, I'm just I'm just saying uh, I think there's going to actually be some real uh, – real networks with this and not ESPN. I'm just, I'm so tired of ESPN because they, they just have, they, they're just all in on one, uh, one conference really. So it's just, I'm, I'm happy that it's moving away from that eventually. Uh, yeah. But I do think that eventually the, the, the championship game is going to somehow go into the playoff and, and um, it's going to work its way through and it's going to be like an NFC, AFC, Type of deal. I think that's uh, ultimately that's where it's it's gonna, that's what's going to happen. So I think Notre Dame kind of sees that happening on the horizon, and I think uh, you know twenty four and twenty five they're good, and I actually think they're kind of slightly advantaged at least in the front end of a playoff to uh, uh, 
have an easier setup game. And then, you know, it, if you get like this year, they would have drew like a Liberty. So that would have been, yeah. you know, like if they were a five seed, supposedly yeah. they would have, they would have drew like a Liberty, which would be great. Uh, because I think you could almost look past Liberty and then move uh, um, and have scouts scouting for the next game. But um, uh, yeah, so that's just how, how I kind of see it playing out. And I wanted to comment a, a couple weeks ago, and, and it was towards the end of your show, and I wasn't able to get on, but you were talking about how Ohio State fans are kind of uh, scared because they feel like they have a super team, something like that, to that effect. Yeah, it, does, does I feel like a there's a lot of pressure because of all the moves they made and the clear money yeah. they've spent and rededication to doing all that and and, and a re-energized you know, sense of got to get this right after what happened. I just think there's a lot of pressure on Ryan to perform, especially now. Do you agree? Yeah, yeah. I I agree with that. Um, there's there's a lot of pressure, but I'll say this. I would, as far as a super team, I think we have a great team. I don't think we have a, a super team because we're still going to be ranked number two when it's all said and done, when the first uh, week rolls out. There, everybody's going to have Georgia ahead of us. Um, and so I think, Starting off number one, Ohio State's never won a national championship starting year number one. So I think that that's <laughs> – I don't want to start as number one, that's for sure, uh, just historically speaking. Um, and then uh, uh, what else uh, about that? I, you know, I, I think Ohio State fans would be happy. I, they, I think we would be happy if we could – we got to win the conference – beat Michigan, and if we win two two playoff games or something like that, if we make it into the Final Four, I think that we would be happy. I think anything besides that, it would be a complete yeah. failure. Well, you so, got to beat Michigan. Um, <laughs> the, oh, like, number one, number one, number one, well, number right, one is right. you got to stop that. And there's no reason you shouldn't with what all they lost and, and all of that. The problem is, you know what I'm going to say, the damage is already done permanently to me. Right. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, man. Right. Well, you, and can I win, you can win five I, championships in a row from here, and I'll never forgive you for the one you allowed those people to get. Uh, I just right, can't do right. it. I can't do it, man. Uh, I, you know? I think the one thing for Notre Dame, and 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 I know we, Andrew was talking about paying freshmen, and you know, I have to slightly push back on that, and, and I'll tell you why. Look at Michigan. You know, this is the second year of this NIL thing, and they've, they've dominated Ohio State. They they figured out a way to make the transfer thing work, and I think the transfer thing, is, I think that's the way to move forward because unless you have a, an all-time great coach like a Nick Saban, um, you have to pay these freshmen. It's a complete crapshoot. Yeah. And or, or you know you, if you're paying a freshman, he's got to be like an all-time grader, like supposedly this Jeremiah Smith that we got. Yeah, who's supposedly like the best. You know, it's it's got to be like it, it's got to be warranted. I, I I think most of these freshmen, even five-star kids, are a complete crapshoot. So I man, I I I think that the model is to to maybe pay more to, for you're looking at the transfer portal at the. Yeah, man. And the reality is, this is a new world for everybody, and it's kind of a clean slate. And we're about to start gathering the evidence beginning this year to see who succeeds in this playoff era and who struggles and why and what it looks like. I, it's going to be an interesting experiment, man. Hey, I really appreciate you checking in and. 
Thanks again for the Christmas card. I really do appreciate it. That was very nice of you. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. I got your address. I'll be able to send you a few more to come. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, thanks a lot, man. Have a good weekend, okay? Thank you. Take care. Have a good one. I'm telling you guys, I know you all don't want to like him because he's an Ohio State guy. He's too nice for me to not like. Too genuinely pleasant. Like, emails me, can I have your address, send you a Christmas card? The guy sends me a wonderfully sweet Christmas card. Like, I can't not like these people that are nice to me. I'm sorry. I get it. Everybody's like, oh, John, you, you don't like all these people. He's nice. 859. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. You know who it is. It's Tim. Let's see what, oh, kind, nice. what kind of mood. I know you're nice. I just don't know what you're going to be mad at each day. What's it going to be today? Well, let's go. AD, the ADF. First of all, if unless we're absolutely forced in, I don't want to hear these rumors. Uh -oh. I am not going to the Big Ten. Tim. Shoot me now. Call me home, God. Tim. No. That's I, can't, I cannot stomach that. That's the rumor. No. Adam and I, Adam Dowling and I were talking about it last night. And, and he's saying he's hearing these rumors that there's a buying the deal, buying the scenes deal for the Big Ten in Notre Dame. And me and Adam both thought, oh my gosh, Tim, what is Tim going to do when he finds out this rumor? You, I, I don't oh, know. He, he I know. I don't, I don't want you to go off, man. Keep it together, brother. Keep it together. Okay, well, I, then I'll just – his performance, if we're forcing into that. He didn't do week zero. The only thing he did give us was a bye to get ready for Florida State. Laziness, laziness, but we're NBC's puppet. NBC, if you look, I guarantee you needed programming. <coughs> Excuse me. The night we play Army. They didn't do their due diligence. We could have gotten a weaker team. They're hyping it because it's a money payout for Notre Dame. It's not about winning the title. So you, you brought up a couple times about – is the goal to add a little line behind play like the champion or not? Or are we going to start hanging like, like they do in baseball stadiums where you win the division and you win the pennant without winning the World Series? Is that what we're coming to? And I think that's what we're coming to. Oh, we made the playoffs. That's, that, that's great. That's what we're hoping for. We got that extra payday in South Bend because it's like the basketball tournament. I don't know why everybody's losing their mind on this. It's seeding. If you're a five seed, you're going to play the 12 seed. You get a home game. Then you get the eight five seed or four versus five and you get the number one seed in the third round unless there's an upset so you're gonna have to beat the one and then the winner of the two three so it's the same path but what's your goal to win four straight or not that's what you have to do to win a title it's not it's not even night and day you used to have to win one game then it went to two to add a little line below that sign now it's four let's do the math here people it's not rocket science so I don't know, man. I still go back to the struggle of easier to get in, but harder to win it when you're in versus harder to get in, easier to win it when you're in. I don't know how Notre Dame's going to well, fare but, here, Tim, but they're going to... Like you said, we haven't, we haven't won anything 35 years. The ultimate goal is to win one. If you're not going to win anything, come on, John, you're really going to think, does that move the needle if we freaking beat, would have played wait, Liberty wait, this wait, year? Wait, wait, That's not wait, winning a big... Wait. Why are you speaking to me as if I'm saying if you just beat Liberty in the first round and then lose that, that's like the same as winning a title? I agree with you. I agree with you. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to just get in and lose, but it's like one step at a time, right? You got to get in. And then when you're in, you want to win your first round. And then we see what the matchup is, right? I just have a little anxiety, Tim, about Notre Dame surviving that extra gauntlet of all those good teams in a row. 
they could do it, but I just haven't seen them do it. And so I'm going to be a little nervous until I we see need one of them in, in a big boat. We need one of them. Yeah. It's like, it's like kind of the, when you're in the NBA, when you're a good team, you have to take baby steps. You learn how to win. We haven't really quite done that. Like you said, you got to break that barrier down, get the one big win. And A&M's not the big barrier to break down. Let's be honest here. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I just can't. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm good. Uh, Tim, man, you just get everybody worked up. It's so great. Hey, did you have a good birthday? Let's talk about that, man. Did you have a good birthday? Did, did your, did yeah, your, you know, did you have a cold one and relax and get your mind off Notre Dame and being mad all the time? Did you have a good birthday? No, 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 no. no. You know, I that's not what I do on my birthday. No, I actually watched two basketball games. And actually, how I did spend it, I went back and watched old highlights off YouTube, like the uh, A&M games from when I was at the games in the Cotton Bowl in 93 and 94. Or the 92 93. They confused. They crossed over. No, I watched all Notre Dame stuff. Oh, man. In between doing uh, free tax returns for people. But, yeah, that's, okay. that's basically how I spend my day. But I appreciate you asking me. That was yeah, nice me. But yeah. No, Happy we birthday. Have to, we have to care about winning. I mean, the, I don't know the NFL. That's a classic thing because people also got to realize if they're demanding all this, do you think these, because Notre Dame's always going to care if you get that degree and graduate. They're not going to just look the other way on that. You honestly think those type of individuals that are just looking for it strictly a payday are going to go to class and actually do the work? Yeah. Um, Tim, let me ask you this. I'm sure you'll have an opinion. Do you see that Freeman's recruiting a different kind of athlete, or do you think he's going down the same aisle as Kelly is, but we're just calling it something different and we're going to end up in the same spot? How do you look at the no, way I, they're developing, recruiting, and evaluating talent? I think they are developing. You can look at the cornerback and start there. I think a lot of times you with the recruiting services, they like to denigrate Andy's athletes. All of a sudden, they haven't played a game and they just lower their rankings. What the hell is that about? It's just all clickbait. And that's the other thing. I do want to make one other story. You realize he, he pumped you guys all out. And I'm not saying you purposely, but all the callers that called in, he got exactly what he wanted, Stephen A. Smith. He, how many times has his name been, yeah, just been brought reaction. up? Across yeah, I know. But what, is, yeah. but what is my option, though? I'm going to let him do it and, and run like it. there's no – but, but, but then – that's the struggle I have, man, is I don't want to let people get away with this stuff. But if you go for it, then it gives them the attention they want. So I lose either way. I don't want to let somebody run wild, talk bad about Notre Dame and not defend it. So you lose either way. Right. You lose either way. Yeah, I don't know. So yeah, I got anything fun playing for the weekend. And I hope you feel better, by the way. Oh, thank you. I don't feel, that's the thing. I don't feel terrible. I just can't breathe and my nose runs like a sieve. Um, So it is what it is. Oh, here's what I might do this weekend, Tim. What if I did a night show tomorrow? There's a lot of people worked up. Maybe we'll do, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe we'll do that. Maybe we'll crank that up. Oh, and and, and lead in with the coffee. I want to see. I want to see the reaction. Should we go to the Big Ten? Oh that, boy! And everybody has to drink a beer off that one. Oh boy! Uh, yeah, I don't know where that rumor's <laughs> coming from. There's an Ohio State show that has sourcing with something, and and I want that. I've had a peep, a lot of people reach out to me and go, John. There's a structure of this being talked about behind the scenes. If that format of the playoff changes in a couple of years, then Notre Dame could transition right in and have a spot and fit in, and then be a part of that. I don't know. Cross that bridge when we get to it. Not something I'm going to worry that about would be this the, year. 
that would be the biggest sellout, and I will be sick beyond belief. I'll I'll go into depression. Oh. <laughs> Tim, I'm worried. I know you're genuine with this stuff. You do not do all this for clicks or attention. You genuinely mean it, and I'm worried about you, buddy. I need I need you of sound mind and body here, man. I won't be a sound mind, that's for sure. I, I don't want you to lose it. I don't want you to lose it, man. Quit coughing. You're going to make me coughing until we're both in a coffin. Stop. <laughs> All right. Well, love you. Bless you and your family and have a good weekend. Man. Oh, thank you. Take care, Tim. Happy late birthday, buddy. Have a good Thanks one. again. See you. Oh, man. Uh, that dude is, yeah, never know what you're going to get. I love it. Yeah. Buckeye scoop. That's what people are talking about. Um, yeah, that's what it is. Cough in or coughing. Exactly. One leads to the other. That's what it is. Oh man, dude, I am thinking maybe I am thinking maybe maybe we try and do a night show tomorrow night. We haven't done one in a while. There's a lot to talk about, a lot going on. Maybe we catch a different crowd on the night routine maybe. I don't know, it's just an idea. Oh. All right, let's check this out. We're about to wrap up here. I got to go get more medicine. Mark with the $2. I'll appreciate you. Eric with the 100. Ryan Elliott with the 20. The Format Podcast. Bruce is a good guy. Good family. Upstanding guy. Veteran. Love him. Go support him. The Format Podcast. The V1 Rotate. Andrew Gilmore always in the mix with an opinion. Adam Dowling with the $2 holler. I appreciate you guys. V1 Rotate again. Um. I am just thinking if we can, maybe, maybe we should do, maybe we should, Pat, good for you, man. Go do your plans. Although Pat, we're into February. You could drink again. I want to come out your way and we just hit the town for a night. I'll crash on the couch or one of the spare rooms. I don't care. Something where we don't have to worry about much. Let me come. I want to come out that way. Do something fun. Um, and so, yeah, maybe we'll look into doing that tomorrow night. Everybody has a couple beers. There's a lot of content. So maybe we'll look into that. Stay tuned, everybody. But thank you for the donations. Thanks for the excitement. There's a lot going on for the offseason. Stay tuned. I'll have something. Um, I'll have something tonight. And then I'll have a couple videos on the weekend. And when I put them out, depends on, uh, depends on if we're going to go live or not. But I have stuff planned for the weekend. Thanks, everybody.